Welcome to the Queen Divas, Queens of Fitness podcast. Join your hosts, three-time WBFF world champions and WBFF royalty, Alicia Gowans and Stephanie Ayala McHugh, as we explore all things female health, training, competing, mindset, and living the fitness life every day. So incredibly, <laughs> incredibly excited to be back online again with my co-host and beautiful friend, Stephanie Ayala, for the Queen Divas Fitness hello. Podcast. Queens of hello, Fitness. Hello, hello. How are you guys? For episode seven. Can you believe it's yeah. episode seven already? So good. Oh, and, oh. and I'm super excited to talk about today's topic when we get there, because we're going to do a quick recap on, uh, you know, what we've, what's been exciting, what's been happening having last week, what we're grateful for, what we're focused on. Um, but before we do, just a bit of a segue uh, into what we will be discussing on the back end of what I'm noticing post-COVID and, you know, generally happening every season as it does, inevitably more and more people wanting to become coaches and wanting to step into the online space. So we're going to talk a little bit about the do's, the don'ts, the pros and the cons, the tips that we have and advice we have. And, um, you know, like we'll be sharing a little bit about what's worked for us. But before yeah. we do that, Steph, I know you've been crazily busy doing photo shoot after photo shoot. Tell us, is that the highlight of your last two weeks or has there been some other stuff going on? You know what? The shoots were cool and all, but my highlight is actually spring is here. Okay. Spring is here. There's daylight savings that actually the time changed for me. I am so happy my whole personality even changed i feel like a different person the sun is out later honestly the sun sets later so my day is longer so for me i've been in just a really good mood and i don't know if anybody else can relate to this but when the time changes it's like your mood either goes down because the sun is setting so much earlier and you feel like you're supposed to be in bed sooner uh versus when it's a longer day you know obviously you get a little more juice and it's allowing you to you know obviously see the sunset not freaking be 6 p.m and already dark you know so now it's like later and I get to really actually enjoy the sun during my training session since I do train uh, in the middle of the day and it was already dark and a lot a lot of the times during these last few months so it was kind of depressing so now my mood so much better I feel like in a different headspace and yeah all the shoots um, have been like having me crazy busy so I feel like that is one of the things that we will be talking on one of the upcoming topics is like how to navigate you know through these photo shoots and how to stay on course and you know obviously um, stay on point as well so but yeah that was one of the highlights having our videographer in town um, for quite a while it was a lot of shooting it was kind of like jam-packed and you can relate you know it's it's really just uh work it's work for us you know a lot of people think the shoots are really like all fun and i mean they are a lot of the shoots are fun but it's a lot of work they're like there's parts of them that are fun but i find especially for me if i've had a few leading into a show i get to my show and the last thing i want to do is a shoot because i'm like oh my yeah. god i'm exhausted because it is it's tiring and it's and it's girls don't realize that yeah, yeah no it's not it's a lot of work and then it's you know it's getting yeah. everything right from you know the, the weather to location to lighting to them you know as you talk about navigating food and everything in the mix if you're in a prep so yeah we will talk about this because we will yeah. do a later segment on personal brand and this will be a big part of that but um and what about uh the thing that you're focusing on this week ahead now that photo shoots are done 
Right, right. So videographers out of town, you know, I get to go back into routine. It's so funny. I was actually just thinking, I'm like, man, things when you host anybody or you have somebody in town, you know how kind of your whole schedule just gets out of whack. And, you know, you're trying to make sure you're present and you're there. So a lot of my scheduling for my clients was kind of off. Uh, so now this week has just been kind of catch up back, back, back to back. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's, it is more structure and we have a show in two weeks. We have Orlando coming up. So we are super pumped. We have a team that's looking fantastic going into obviously the first open or open season show for WBFF here in the States. It's the Orlando Pro-Am. And yeah, that's what's kept us super busy. So these next couple weeks are, yeah, all just peak week is coming up in a week. So you know how it goes. It's we, everyone's yeah, we anxious. Do. We do. And um, and we've actually got a few athletes in the Orlando show, so I'm pumped for that too. Um, awesome. Ob- obviously, though, the, the years just look so different for us. And, you know, it's sort of the placements of who's going where. And I think most of our team were a little, you know, conscious of the fact that things might change. So a lot of them chose to actually wait till mid-year slash end of the year so we've got some we've got some okay sized teams great athletes but okay sized teams for the earlier shows mainly just because everyone was so tentative right and they just didn't want to have their hearts broken in the middle of a exactly which i can understand so Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, hey, no, I'm going to support that decision as a coach. I'm not going to tell you that's not right. I believe that that could be right for you. hundred percent. So we're like, we are preparing for the same shows and we've got the Gold Coast show here turning um, out a massive crowd in the next three, four weeks. So we've literally going to be the same as you Orlando, then Gold Coast. And then we've got, you know, a couple of people in Bahamas, but yes. our, what we're really prepping forward to is like New Zealand, the July Sydney mm-hmm. show, your Dallas show, worlds because they're like that's where we start just going boom massive massive numbers um which is great like i'm so super excited but i just love getting caught up in the vibe of everyone else's vibe and like being like yeah man there's a stage happening soon there's been so long right that's what it is and i think the hype is exactly what keeps us yeah that's where that's where i'm at right now i feel like i'm on a high because all this the team you know they get anxious they're freaking out girls are freaking like hey what what am i gonna eat on peak i'm like how do i gonna know what you're gonna eat on peak week i don't even know what you're gonna be doing so we're a little bit the same i've been looking forward to the same thing on that and that's actually where our energy is 100 percent um channeled and i think for me i'm a little bit like you when it comes to weather but i'm feeling grateful for the sun because we have had i don't know if you've seen but a lot of australians actually have massive flash flooding and we've gone from being yeah we've gone from being you know like um crazy fire threats to being like water dumped everywhere can barely breathe like we did not have a single day here you guys would have seen my trip our trip that we did to the sundays where we were literally rained out well it from from february where we got rain out there it has not stopped we're almost at the end oh, of march since our last yeah. rain that whole time like it's been fucking mental so anyway we're just getting some sun and i'm, I'm looking forward to a beautiful weekend at the beach actually it's gonna be so nice so you guys are going into fall right now right or winter yeah, or what's starting your- coming through yeah we're starting oh. through. so we we have tropical wet seasons so we actually have our wet season sort of you know um well particularly in queensland and you know because you were here for part of it a couple of years ago it's like humid as shit yeah. moisture like that like you don't there's no th- it's tropical yeah. down your your mm-hmm. core temperature because you can't evaporate because the air around you is hotter than your skin your skin mm-hmm. can't actually release the heat so you just stay hot it's horrible but anyway so we're like that plus the so downpours of rain 
for about two months, like between sort of like January and February. We're like that. It's that's how. So anyone listening to this, it will eventually get to Australia when our COVID's no longer a bloody thing. People uh, don't come in those months because it's not great. <laughs> like literally, December, Jan, Feb is like a moist, messy, wet, horrible. <laughs> Hot sauna environment. It's, it's like a sauna. sauna. It actually is. Yeah. It actually is. It's hey, the beaches are great, so maybe worth it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> it is. It is. So on that note, I guess you know, and we're talking about um, shows and where we're going, the things we're focused on, and what we're going to start seeing is a lot more of it too. People coming into this journey and experiencing, you know, health and fitness, and then looking at the process and going, you know how crazy this would be to make a kick to kick back and make a living out of this right and um and i'm all for people that you know are genuinely advocates for changing life creating you know um a footprint of you know better wellness on the world i'm all for it but my number one advice to you all would be um and i know that i've actually seen a couple of other experts that are very high profile that I actually respect in the industry saying the same thing recently, which I thought was fortuitous considering we were doing this topic. Um, don't try to do it unless you've actually spent time on like in the field, yeah. in the trenches, on the floor, working with clients and mastering your craft. Exactly. If you are going to go to an online course and then straight online, you're setting yourself up for some really harsh lessons and some probably highly financially costly <laughs> lessons, right? And it's going to come in the way of lawyers, letters and litigation. So I'd really strongly advise anyone listening to this that even if you are transitioning as a potential competitor into this space and you're thinking, you know, I really want to be able to do this stuff. I might want to just work with Gen Pop. I might want to work with a specific sport if I play, you know, AFL on the side or I play soccer or whatever it is I'm a part of. And that's great. Go do it. But... Make sure, though, that you have really great yeah. level of experience communicating with people, understanding people's needs, understanding how to create, you know, trust in a relationship that fosters change and yeah. that you understand biomechanics by having seen it, cued it, regressed it, progressed it in movement on the floor. Yeah. And, and to add to that, Ali, I think a lot of people like they've maybe have experienced just maybe a prep or maybe a transformation and they undergo, you know, just the concept of falling in love with the process and they just want to do the same thing. And for others, there is good and bad to that just because then they have the not experience, like you said, hands-on with someone experiencing their background. But at the same time, it's like you're setting yourself for failure because you're only learning from the book. There's so much beyond the book. And you know that it comes all from hands-on, one-on-one, knowing exactly what they're going through, meaning you've undergone it in different formats, not just one style, not just your competition prep. Doesn't mean that you've just did that one transformation and you did one style. There's not just one way to skin a cat. You know, there's so many ways to train. So you have to have so many methodologies to be able to even implement for this individual. How do you do that if you don't have that experience and background, right? So 100% agree. Is it how, so how long ago, Ellie, you're just talking even about your background, you know, like. Oh my God, um, all of my, all, like all of my preliminary qualifications and the stuff that I did started 20 years ago. And then I've obviously continued to, you know, education wise, grow and expand that. But I've been coaching people for the last, 16 17 years and full-time for the last nine but i spent oh shit it was like 10 nearly 12 years on the floor 
before yeah. I went to see wine. Hands-on, nothing to be there. Like, yeah. when Christos and I went back into and we bought the big box five, six years ago, I was back on the floor as managing a team of 20 PTs, mentoring another eight, and then I was physically on the floor still from 4. Th- I'd get there 4.30 in the morning and be on the floor with clients at 5. I wouldn't leave the floor until, like, 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> That's that was the gym life, people. That is, that is the gym life, yeah. what you're doing, right? Like, I mean, and don't get me wrong, there are parts of it I still miss sometimes from time to time now, and there will be, you know, the odd client I'll see and we'll just go through you know um just really look at patterns of movement and you know assessing whether or not something needs to be regressed in their current lifting structure but i can tell you now like i know for a fact that when i get a check-in i'm capable of looking at check-in and looking at someone's photo and going oh darling have you realized your hips got a little bit of rotation here are you noticing that Tell me in your lifts, are you experiencing this and this? Are we having any issues at the moment with depth or range in squat? Okay, because I'm noticing these things in your image, in your photo, right? Can you send me a video of that pattern in your last couple of reps, in your last set, the next time you've got it? And then we're, we're discussing it and analyzing it, right? Um, Absolutely. But if I hadn't done my floor time, I would not know that. I would not be able to pick up on that. I would not, I would miss cues. I would misread situations or I would literally just expect them to go be textbook, but no one body is textbook positioned. This is another thing, right? You need to be able to modify an angle or an exercise to meet someone's amazing gait or hip or, you know, just physical capacity in a joint even, right? So these are the things you don't learn sitting from a screen to another screen right and you can't learn it from just the book like the book will tell you this is just the cookie cutter way and it's not that it's a cookie cutter way i mean it's science but science has to be applied like you cannot just say this is what works without having the result and Um, results driven is what i'm way more coaching my coaching this you know basis is off of is results so if something works for an individual of course we're going to continue trying to go with that methodology but if if it doesn't as well we have so many options so many other ways and really distinguishing those little small things like imbalances right or video work and all of that really comes back to you training you know in person so how would someone transition from the floor into online training i think that that's like a number one question i get a lot if you are if you are like legitimately brand new to it right i would just suggest this you know know that you're going to go study it and then go find somewhere where you can be while you're studying getting hands-on experience on the floor too and that then gives you you know feathers in your cap it starts teaching you practical application context of the application of certain you know principles methodologies protocols right now the other thing you know for me is that I look at it and go First things first, if you're completely new to it, if you're not even like an on the floor trainer at the moment, because we have a lot of people listening to this that are, and they're wanting to transition. And I'm like, yeah, great. I think that you should be bulletproofing your um, business and actually having the capacity to be online and in person. And both, exactly, exactly. But I think that if you're completely new to it or you're just dabbling, you know, if you're looking at like your coach going, oh, they have such a great life. I want to go replicate that because that's face it, what we see all the time, which I find hilarious because I have no idea. They don't see everything you do. Oh, no. They think it's you, Ellie. I think we just just hop on and I mean, I don't even know what they do. Holiday in the Bahamas all year round, right? (laughs) Um, But my point being, I want you to get really clear on something. Why? What is your why? Why do you want to do it? Why are you looking at this and thinking, oh, that is something I think I, I want what she's having, like the Clairol hair ad, we you know what, that's fine. But why do you want it? 
What does it represent to you? Are you actually driven by the pursuit of helping others or do you just literally not want to have to do a nine to five? Is it a dollar sign? Yeah. Is it a dollar dollar sign? sign? Right. Yeah. Guess what, people? You ain't going to be making that straight up. No. It blows my mind. Okay. I want to do what you do because you make money. I'm like, do you understand my business did not get built just from out of air? It like it had a base, it had a foundation. I had. It takes a long time to scale up, right? And so I I think that. I think that some people can only see that part and they're not understanding it can take years to get to that, right? Oh, absolutely. So again, understand what's driving me to want to do that. And I mean, if you're a trainer already on the floor, it makes perfect sense to me because what you're actually doing is being very smart and post-COVID understanding you need to move with the times and have the capacity to do both because as we've seen really quickly in 2020, shit can go sideways real fast. You better be ready to be adaptable, right? All right. So yeah. yes, I strongly believe that all trainers should be looking to optimize their existing structure with an online strategy. 100% they need to. Lovely For people that are brand new in this, don't think you can just go and replicate what that trainer coming from a floor of 10 years, maybe more, maybe, uh, maybe a half a dozen years, doesn't matter. They're going to be transitioning with all this experience and all these skills and all this, you know, um, human capacity, all this communication and interpersonal relationship and negotiation and cognitive behavioral change skills. They're going to take that and now try to translate it onto an online. So again, just respect you going straight into some sort of certain and thinking you can jump straight online. You're crazy, but you're also up against people that have all this here already. I would strongly suggest go and learn some of this. And then be more powerful when you do transition online and then run the transition together, right? Um, For the people, though, that are coming from a floor into the online space, this is also relevant. Think again, what is my why? Well, for a lot of you, it'll be recession-proofing your business. It'll also be about um, expanding the business, but in a different way. And it'll be about creating less use of pure time for dollar sign, right? Which is great, multiplier effect. You still need to be very clear about the why, the who you are in the market, the what it is that you do and the how it is that you want to be perceived, right? Because then that lets you go, well, cover these questions off. This is now the brand and what I'm doing and where I'm going to sit, right? And that goes with your niche. Like what is like, what is it that your niche is? Not everybody needs to do competition clients. Clearly if you're not a competitor, like why, why in the heck? I mean, honestly, would you ever even want to go into competitors minds honestly like the whole process and what you have to deal with what the competitors go through mentally yeah you probably don't want to even deal with that clientele but if that is your niche that is just what you do that's part of like obviously what you undergo you're going to understand and really want to be more you know obviously prone to train that type of clientele but if you are gen pop like you had mentioned right like just general population you have rehab experience and that's kind of like the clientele you want to obviously target there is is spot targeting, right? Like actually specifically targeting the audience that you want to be your client because you can't get everybody. You can't. And especially if you're trying to be that, you know, person that's going to apply and and, and be for every single person, it's not going to work. You need to find, you know, really what it is that you enjoy doing your why, right. And making sure you really flourish in that area in that craft if you are postpartum like and that is your niche you have lots of mamas that are coming after you after they have their baby to you know obviously lose weight and get their bodies back that is who you want to market to uh you know obviously in your case in my case we're 
three-time world champions. Uh, we have a lot of clients that want to be champions. So they follow in our footsteps. They come to us because they want to be a pro. They want to compete. They want to do WBFF. Uh, we do other federations as well. So it's not necessarily just WBFF, but we do also, you know, get just more of that clientele because of what we do. Again, I think it's really niche. Yeah. I think too, you know, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, we have a voice and a message that we stick to and there's consistency and there is authenticity and we are actually very clear in our blueprint for who and what we are and where we sit in the market, how we want to be perceived and we've stayed quite true to that, right? So in building then that online voice, that online presence and that branding, you know, in that space, it is a platform digitally. It's very important that there's no chop change and only being who you think people want you to be. This is the, this is the really tricky part for a lot of people transitioning. You need to not only understand who your audience will be, and who you'd ideally like them to be, but you need to understand why they would come to you. What is it about you that makes Relatability. you exactly. their, yeah, their, their draw card, right? And then you need to just sit inside of that. So it's not being something you're not. It's not presenting yourself as something you're not. It's literally just finding the elements of you that actually are the voice that they are most listening to and then spitting out more of that, right? So again, you need to understand what are your belief systems and the why you think you should be on that platform and people should even listen to you at all. And then creating a voice and a message that is consistent, that is concise, that is powerful, and that is directly linked to answering the questions that might come from the specific audience that you've said or identified are your people, are your tribe, right? So again, Steph, you're right. Don't try to be a jack of all trades and do everything for everyone because you will fail at all of them. Try to find the one thing you're really great at, the client experience you've had that was the most productive, most successful, and then really digest why. Pull it apart, analyze it. What's made this relationship good? What's made it work? Why is this outcome be so powerful? What is it about this situation and me and this person in it that works? And then blow the fuck up that, yes. whole, that whole part of what you're doing. Which leads me into the next thing of your business. Like you once have the base, it's testimonials. That is how your base of your business even starts. Once you are able to get your one to two to three clients and they're consistent and you've been getting their, their transformation. And obviously this is like your basis. You obviously have had some one-on-one, -on -one, some hands-on, but these are like your core people, the ones that you've started online. That is going to be your referral point, right? Everything in the gym business is going to be word of mouth. Yeah. I do not care how big your social media is. I absolutely hate hearing when I don't have a big account. I don't have the following. Oh I, there's God. no way I can't be successful in this. I'm like, Shh, seriously, I had nothing when I started this. Like I literally had 300 followers. I had zero, like when it came to people wanting to train, like it was just my family, my friends, my high school people, you know, college, like it was nothing to do with you know, fitness. And then as I started putting myself out there, I started, you know, throwing out workout videos and no, that doesn't mean you have to just do workout videos to be an online trainer. Okay. Uh, so you can definitely, oh you know, expand yourself to not just do workout videos, especially when the whole Instagram is built off of built just off of workout, workout videos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want to kind of be different back into what Ali said, differentiate yourself a bit, find what's true to you actually find that, that niche, maybe again, maybe not just the audience, but what's 
it that makes you freaking wake up and want to be a badass, right? And actually be like, that's what I'm going to tackle for the day. If that's your style, if you want to be a calisthenics type of freaking kind of person, then that's your your niche. That's what you love to do. You know, if you love powerlifting and that is the type of audience and the type of you know people you want to train, obviously that's what you drives you. That's what you want to do. So for sure, having that base, like in having clients that actually give good results or that you get them good results, obviously, and uh, get the testimonials. Cause that is one of the things that I found um, is going to be the best basis. And as well as word of mouth and the referrals, cause those people that are going to rave about you giving them those results okay. in that relationship that you had with them, you know, Allie gave me these results. Steph gave me these results. You should go hire them as a coach, you know? So because of that, you're going to start getting more publicly known because of them being your like ambassadors. And honestly, that's what your clients end up being. They refer you just as if you're like a market, you're a brand because they respect and they honor the service that you've given them. So always going back to your base, right? Do not just jump in and think that this is, you're going to get clients. I think that's always stupid when people immediately just dive in and say, well, I'm, I ha- or I have a social media account and that, and people are gonna, just going to join. Like, no, you're not going to just get people to sign up with you. Uh, you do need to have at least some type of core group that you already knew was interested. Don't just jump ship and then quit your job, you know what I mean? And then go online because you need to have some type of business model. That's my biggest recommendation for anybody that wants to go online, maybe has the experience. Let's say you already have the accreditations. You've had one-on-one experience, but you didn't financially really get paid in the gym. You know, I think I, I can relate to a lot of people in that side. Like you didn't really feel your time, your quality, your experience was really, um, it was taken advantage of, right? Like the gym was getting the money, but not you. And that's probably why you stopped, stepped down from training. Right. And um, you decided you were just spending a lot of time in the gym and not really getting compensated for it. So you might have selected another route, you know, you might be an accountant right now, or you might be working in insurance. I don't know what you're doing, but if you have a full-time job, okay. And you are stable, I would not say jump ship until you have your base. Do not jump until you know you have a base of people that are interested that are already working with you. You can do this on the side. You can build up your business and build up that business model by, you know, trying to allocate maybe a part-time segment and still have that finance coming in a stable. I think that's a really great point. And for everyone listening, you know, like, and I've talked about this on several podcasts and on my previous one, you know, quite a bit. This business for me has been, it was actually incorporated 15 years ago. I've been running this business. For so for everyone listening, this is not overnight success, right? Exactly. <laughs> and for everyone listening, I had, I had two initially boutique performance um, facilities that basically two studios, two different locations, one in the CBD and one um, just in the uh, metro, the east, coast, the east side metro. Anyway, I had those for like six years. And I was running all of this stuff on the side, part-time with a full-time consulting, international consulting firm that I owned in the city, right? So I did that part-time for, it was probably close to seven years. So my point being, yeah, you do not just drop your you job. Do not just- <laughs> like, and you got to remember too, when I was doing all of this, this was pre-social media. So we didn't have Facebook running the show and growing my business. We didn't have digital platforms. I did it all results orientated, um, you know, but basically marketing and also word of mouth. That's word, of mouth yeah. word of mouth and results, 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 results. Always. So 
From there, then, it was about transitioning all of it digitally. And I really only started to capitalize upon and focus with a real strong emphasis on growth in the digital space in the last probably three, four years. And that's no word of a lie. So the yeah, backbone I- of the success of my business was, was results. Results and relationships. Two big things. Relationships. So if you look at the biggest, best, most successful people online, they haven't just jumped online and overnight become that. They've been longer standing, more time in the trenches, results and relationship built people. So please oh. take that away. Listen to this. Take that away. Think, how can I really hone and develop those things within my business and then translate that online? Because if you can do that, I promise you success. You'll have success. Oh, absolutely. And especially you'll know if this is for you. I think some people get so motivated to want to be a trainer. Right <laughs> and then they realize, and they're like, I want to train. And then they see exactly what they have to actually do. And the people, okay, when you start training, you learn people. I think people don't realize as a trainer, a coach, you are a counselor as well. Okay. You're also a life coach. Uh, you know, even though you're not qualified for this, it's going to come your way and you're going to get everything they did in the past and what they plan or what they did, you know, like, so it's more about really learning people at the same time. When you said relationships, you nailed it because coaching is way more than just telling you what to do. It's Uh way more than, you know, even just showing you an exercise. It's, having confidence for themselves, right? Gaining the confidence in the client as well as building a relationship of respect. The respect comes from results. So they both went hand in hand. They do. Trust, right? So trust can only be established when you're in a space that provides, um, you know, opportunity for them to be vulnerable and open with you and for you to give value back in a way that is received well. So you've got to be able to read the situation, read them, understand how to deliver that, how to cue and constructively feedback something to get a change in either behavior or performance that then gets them a result that makes them go, oh, mate, she's great. She's for me, you know? And when you listen to that, it's like, okay, it's not just sending like I have with a my macchiato at the beach with buns out because it's fucking sun's out, you know, like all of them want to do. Uh, it's not like that. That's not how it's done. And you'll get so many clients that way for so much of a period of time, then they won't be with you long-term. And there's a reason for that. So just remember when you're looking perhaps left or right at people that you think you admire online, maybe just go a little deeper into, you know, how you can set it up for yourself without doing it the wrong way or the short-term way, right? Don't automatically look at a huge following think that's how it's got to be done to be successful. I guarantee you there are a hundred ways you could do it and be more successful if it's truer to you and your belief system, your value system, your why, your brand, your message, your voice. Have your own voice in this space is all I would recommend because that's what sets you apart. Don't go out and cookie cutter even your Instagram where you're saying the same shit as Mary Jane down the road and the other influencer's got a blue tick. Like, who cares? Just find your message and stick true to it because then when you're having conversations with your clients, when you're talking about, you know, checking results, when you're giving feedback, when you're engaging with them in a way where you're trying to create that elicit, that space of trust where stuff is a two-way street, two-fro, and we're creating change, it's only going to happen if the voice they hear is the same voice they're seeing online. If there's a disconnect and incongruence, they will not have trust in you. 
And that comes also when you see your everyday life, you are the role model, you are the leader, no matter what you do, you have to remember like what you live is what your clients see and how you do everything is how they're going to perceive it should be done. You know, and I think that that is actually really powerful with the social media thing, because people just swear that you have to have a big following and that you have to buy all these fake followers to be able to freaking be the next freaking it person and, you know, get endorsed when in reality, all these companies have totally caught on with, you know, fake following. So I really highly recommend anybody to not do that and don't go down that route. The only pro, and I'll be honest, the only pro side, or I guess upside to that, when you do get to a certain amount, which is like 10,000 followers, you get to do swipe up for your business, but that's it. Like that's like your only benefit that you would ever even get. Once you get to that mark, you do not need to focus yourself on having this X amount of numbers for your audience when they're most likely not even going to buy from you. Okay. So you want, true core audience that is real to you that's true to you that actually want to listen to your voice listen to what your message is your what you're obviously we're trying to say uh to them whether if that is nutrition training if you are trying to be a motivator i think that's another thing with um the training aspect that some people forget like it's not just training and nutrition there's so much mindset that comes behind this which is what i was saying comes with that counseling side like you don't just tell someone what to do when it comes to coaching and being online like you can't force somebody to do especially if when they're not there physically uh you do have to have a really good relationship and a way to be able to lead um so definitely having some experience is what gives you that confidence of knowing so best tip was getting on the floor. And yeah. I think too, um, you know, you just hit the nail on the head because the next thing that I would probably discuss and talk about the importance of is actually understanding and scheduling your week and your time really effectively because just because it's online doesn't mean that, you know, there needs to be no structure to what you do because it really does. It needs to be very, you, you know, clear boundary set on what time is allocated for what in your week. Where are you doing what? At what point is you, are you having an interaction with a client? Is it an online FaceTime call? Is it a digital check-in feedback system is it you know queuing and um, reviewing you know videos might be being set on form is it educational related data that you're providing to them in a group or a forum is it an external education piece that you're doing how are you managing your social media where is your schedule system for all of that how's that fitting into your week you need to have a blueprint for the entire week and the month ahead every single week so that you know exactly what time is being spent where right um you will fine tune this it will evolve it is a fluid document like any plan the plan is there to set you up for an element of direction and you know success um but it will not prevent things from going sideways sometimes that's inevitable especially in the coaching space and it's about being able to have a plan and be fluid within it right so you need to understand your belief system your value system your why you need to be very clear about your voice your message your brand who you are how you're going to be perceived and what you want um, the world to know you as and know you for right that is my first big key here you need to have enough experience on the ground in the trenches and have experience working with other professional allied health people that are specialists in their respective fields that you will need to refer to you are not in scope and your uh you know qualification scope is limited in training so you really need to have an understanding of this is outside my scope i refer up and out and you need those people guess what you won't find them all on online 
You need to actually meet some people, know some people, you know, you might find I'm sure, but exactly. Take the opportunity to learn from these people. Seriously engage in them. Invest in a coach yourself. Invest in a business mentor. Invest in the people that can actually continue to finesse and grow and challenge you in how you look at your business, how you work the systems, and how you reach and and, and communicate with your audience, right? And that means not copying another business because it may not work for you. Like what you end up doing as a business model may not work for me. So why would in the hell would I go and copy yours? And this is what clients will do. Like, and it's fine. We, you coach lots of clients. I coach lots of clients that are coaches themselves, you know, and it's, it's not okay to just try to emulate and do the same model, especially if they're taking just their same program and just retraining their clients thinking, oh, well, they got me results. So I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, just do the same program for my clients, you know, and yeah, all they're doing is your same program. So, I mean, do not train clients that are your program. Your, your program may work for some, but maybe not for everybody else. So that doesn't make you a good trainer. Get in there, learn your shit, honestly, learn your stuff, get experience and really be passionate about it. Don't look at this as a money sign thing. There is money in the online business world. I am not going to say that there's not money left on the table. There's so much business left out for everyone to you know, have a business online. And this is why I'm also suggesting that you be very uniquely you because it is Mm -hmm. a saturated market. There is still heaps of scope. So I'm always quite supportive of anyone wanting to move into it, but I'm very honest about what I think, you know, limitations might be. And also the fact that I think you to, to service people the best without being a scary coach in the industry that is potentially going to hurt people. I think you need to have robust level of, you know, baseline experience and skills. And then you need continued professional development and ongoing learning. End of story. So whether that's in an active engagement coaching mentoring role or and where you're getting coached through different platforms and, and different methodologies and, and expanding, you know, your repertoire, right. or whether or not you're ongoing addition to postgraduate qualifications and study like I've chosen to do there are many pathways right but I just believe if you're one of the people that turn around and go I'm going to tick this box I'm going to do the basic bare minimum and this basic certification is enough for me then you know what maybe stick to the floor in a gym maybe don't go online because I don't necessarily believe that you're going to be able to you know safely move people through a health and fitness journey you know especially not when so much stuff is changing in the world in science in you know far out in the way people are approaching training now with a blend of home and gym like there's a lot more risks involved here so i just oh liability up and then my last and final thing is Insurance, 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 insurance. Oh, yeah, liability. People don't think of that. Insurance. Or or how about when they start a business and they don't know anything that comes down to even running even a business, right? Like from your accounting to your actual accreditations to actually having liability waiver forms to actually having a model, right? Something that makes sense for your revenue, right? You're online doesn't mean you're devoid from being at risk of things because you're even. (laughs) So I would say this accreditations and qualifications are a given they should be you know blueprint number one then have like we talked about that really clear vision of self and where you're going to sit in the market you should then have experience and have ongoing mentors and development processes for yourself keep yourself in check and continue to grow and evolve and then i think you need to have really robust commercial operating systems so you need to make sure you've got a really quality accountant financial planner lawyer you need to have a you know someone that you can bounce 
strategy off of. You should be having a really good um, digital format with someone, whether it's, you know, a website being managed that's uploading your blogs and your educational stuff, or whether it is having a um, portal or an app-based model where then, you know, you've got all your client data inside there. You need to track everything digitally as much as you are having conversations, record conversations with notes, because legally, you need to be able to cover yourself with all these things. You need to also understand your legal requirements underneath your associations and governing bodies. You then need to act accordingly. And, and I annually audit my work just to make sure yeah. I've, got, I've got my I's dotted, my T's crossed. There is not a single thing in my client profiles that I've missed with regards to, you know, um, doctors, you know, if they've got a, a result or they've had an injury and we, I've had to have a clearance or if I've had to refer them to a specialist. Work. Yep. And then Blood the specialist has given yeah. me the advice and they are the architect. I become the builder and I'm fleshing out their See, plans. That's, that's how it's got to roll. So, so our advice at the moment is largely... Don't go into this with a really, you know, um, rainbow sunshines and lollipops way of looking at it. And, like, you know, realistic and, and treat it like a business. Be commercially. Yes, oriented. treat it like a business. So for anybody motivated, inspired and wants to, you know, get themselves out there, has maybe already got their accreditations, just hasn't jumped, you know, and hasn't really taken that first step. First step is always going to be create your website, please. Like your best, best thing to do to navigate for anybody to come and actually be interested and know who they're going to be working with is your website. And that is not meaning your Instagram. Your Instagram should link you to your website. Having some type of model is your best thing to start with. So definitely start creating a website, creating a social media presence because social media is running the world right now. So having at least, at least something that is guiding, you know, obviously your audience to that website. Um, that would be my best tip for anybody that is getting going, as well as word of mouth referrals. Um, if you have that one person that you, is your first client, you want to make sure that person is referring you, obviously, if you're a good trainer, uh, if you're giving them good results, they're going to be giving you uh, some people that, to come to you. And that is how you get started. It's a slow process at the beginning. You're not going to just come people knocking down on your door yeah. left and right, but you keep growing and keep that foundation going. So don't get discouraged. There is lots of room. There's lots of room in this world to become the best. It may take you a little while, you know, but if you're already someone experienced and just have been scared to go online, maybe it's not your your thing. You're not an IT person. I think that's another fear that some people have. They're like, Hey, I've been on the floor for so, so long and I'm just not tech savvy. And I, I don't know anything about apps. I don't know anything. There's lots of platforms out there, guys. There's lots now there's like true coach. There's trainerize. There's like, I mean, heck what, I mean, I'm sure, you know, some other platforms out there, you know, there's, there's, there's so many, I, I just thought of like those couple on the top, because I know those worldwide commonly used, you know, but you could definitely have your in-person clients already start transitioning into that, you know, app or, you know, into a, exactly. a, um, an, an actual online trading uh, style. So then that way you can navigate through that and get used to it because it is about just trial and error with the systems. You may not like this one system. You may move on to the next, you know, you don't want to have a hundred clients. I mean, switching them over. So that's definitely not something you want to be doing from, you know, programming or, you know, system to system. So finding out maybe what online platform I do want to use to train my clients, which one suits me best. Uh, those are all best things to start looking at if you're interested or just want to transition into the online world. 
And, and you said it right, like be patient with the process, be patient. I think, you know, really set it up well to start with. Don't rush into it. Even if it's uh, setting it up over the course of, you know, six months or a year in the background while you're doing something else full time, that's a great approach. Yep. If you're studying and doing that's work it. experience and building it yes. up at the same time, great approach. You know, you're serving yourself for the long-term benefit of not only your professional development, but your business and your brand, right? You don't want to put your yes, yes. the wrong foot forward with the brand. And don't forget it's a business. Just like we were saying, don't forget like about accounting and about bookkeeping and literally about taxes and that you're going to owe literally from the profit and revenue that you get in. People forget this. Like they, it's not, it's all, it's mine. not all buns out, sons Yeah, out, they're like, I get 100% 100. I'm like, no, okay, you're tr- you, you do have expenses. You do obviously have to keep up with your revenue and everything that you're doing. So it, there is more to an online business. This applies to not just training. This applies to photography. Everything. Everything. This applies to everything that's online. Gosh, it blows my mind how many photographers don't even, you know, run a business like an actual business. They just get money. So that's what a lot of trainers nowadays are doing. Like, just pay me, I'll train you. And it's like, are you even keeping track of this? Like, are you even having an invoicing system? Do you have an accountant? Probably like, not. Probably all cash on the table. But you know what? Always. Yeah. Increasingly, we, we won't, we'll be able to do that less and less because increasingly yeah. everything is moving fully digital. COVID it is. made a way of, you know, making that change oh for sure for sure so again we can see that this is important for most people to robustly recession and redundancy proof their business so i hope we've been able to impart a little bit of you know good quality considerations for people because you know for a lot of people it's i'm just going to go study this and it's fun but and that's great and it can be but it's also a lot of fucking hard work and you just need to know that hey don't just hit the ground running with no experience under you because it's not going to serve you long term um if you've got any other questions for us on any of these things or maybe even just any of our own personal journeys uh experiences that we could share just message us you can find us across all of the platforms please as you know usual um, we would love to see you leave you know a review a comment a share uh share us with friends and family anyone that you know of that might be going online that could benefit from this um and then reach out with anything you'd like to know from us we'd love to hear from you all further on the kinds of topics and guests you'd love to have us have on um and we look forward to seeing you next time yes. thanks yeah thank thanks you I love always talking to you guys have a wonderful rest of the day see you then bye thanks for tuning in to another episode of the queen divas queens of fitness podcast Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Queen Divas Pod, on Twitter at Queen Divas 4, and follow our hosts on Instagram, Alicia at Alicia Gowans underscore WBFF Pro, and Steph at Stephanie Ayala 7. See you all next week.